now but there's another rocky road Hello, welcome to Prince Trap by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about She Spoke to Me, and of course, that is the number two. Originally on Girl 6, uh, recorded October 1991 at Paisley Park and released on the 19th of March 1996, although there was a longer version which was then included on The Vault, which was released on the 24th of August, 1999. On the track, you've got Prince, Michael B, Levi, Sunny T, Tommy Barbarella, Rosie Gaines, and the MPG Horns. The shorter version is 4 minutes 19. The longer version literally adds exactly 4 more minutes of just, I don't know, jazz. Yeah. Uh, joining me to talk about today is Zachary Hoskins. Hello, Zachary. Hello. Uh, and, yeah, for a genre, I feel fairly safe in saying jazz. Um, yes. You know, uh, <laughs> and the fact that Prince, like the version that's on, um, you know, Girl Six, it literally just finishes like with a fade out, just as like the you know the four minute jazz improv begins. <laughs> um, so it, it's kind of telling that you know that was the version that Prince originally put out, and I would have mm. covered it as part of you know the Girl Girl Six. I only did two tracks from Girl Six because you know they were the only two like real new songs that Prince had put on there. This is essentially was actually the third new song, um, but you know I felt like it was worth just covering it as part of the vault because it makes more sense because this is where you get to hear like the full version of the song, right? Um, you know, and I I think it's interesting as well because like lyrically, you know, obviously. <laughs> like the first, the f- like the first four minutes, you know, that make up the shorter version, are not really that much like the second four minutes. Like there's literally <laughs> kind of like a key change, and Prince sings the words "I'm digging that scene," and then he goes "Yeah, baby," and then that's immediately just the you know the start of four minutes of like you know jazz <laughs> improv, where it you know fades out on Girl Six, and it like if you listen to as I you know as I sometimes will do when I listen to the full version of She Spoke to Me. You know, you listen to the opening bit with the, you know, the kind of the little horn line and, you know, the the kind of the, the, the drums and everything. And then you kind of listen to any part in the last four minutes. And it's like, it's not really part of the same song. Like, <laughs> it's it's such an abrupt shift that happens that it's kind of odd that, you know, Prince felt that this was like, you know, an eight minute song. Right. Because I'm yeah, it's sure almost like that... a James Brown part one, part two kind of a situation. Like... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd say the song it reminds me of the most is uh, Superwoman by Stevie Wonder, which halfway through turns into a completely different song. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, he calls it Superwoman, you know, where were you when I needed you or something. And the second half is where were you when I needed you. And the first half is Superwoman. Like, it's two completely different songs, but they just happen to, for some reason, you know, play one after the other as part of the same song. And I don't think that's completely true here. Like, this is not like, a, you know, Prince kind of mashing two songs together. But it just feels like in the studio, Prince at some point, you know, after saying, yeah, baby, he just looks at the band and he's like, you know, let's let's just vamp for the next four <laughs> <Yeah>. minutes. Um, <laughs> which is not to say that the vamping is not pleasant. Um, you know, there's some nice stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But it feels to me like I would have preferred it if we had a definite end to, you know, she spoke to me. Um, like if we actually, you know, the whole, you know, I never thought I'd get her close to me. Like if maybe there'd been like a fade out or a definitive finish there, 
because this whole like you know it's like i'm stuck in some groovy wet dream don't pinch me i don't want to wake up you know like i'm digging the scene all that that feels like that's the introduction to a different song and i i feel like if prince had taken those you know those final four minutes and developed them then you know he could have got like a really good like six minute instrumental out of it (laughs) that would have felt distinct um and also it would have meant that she spoke to me would have been you know a kind of rather than just fading out with like a fake fade out it would have actually felt like it was a definitive end um but you know that's just my thoughts on the structure of the song but yeah i mean like if i'm gonna listen to you know i gotta be honest with you when i had you know she spoke to me on the vault one of the things i would do is as soon as it went into like the jazz workout (laughs) i would just skip to the next song i would because it was like once you've heard it a few times you're like okay like i enjoy this but you know, the part of the song I really enjoyed, like the part that, you know, is my favorite part of the song is the, you know, she spoke to me, like the kind of the opening part, you know, the kind of the stuff that has a chorus and a verse and everything like that, mm. that stuff. That's the stuff that I really love in, in this song. Um, you know, like Prince's kind of description of how he feels about this woman. You know, I've, all of that stuff is like is great. And then I'm. You know, ambivalent. Let's say to the final four minutes of the song. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think is the consensus is generally that Prince was a capable jazz musician, but not. Uh, you know, you don't listen to him with the same kind of. Uh, you, you're not expecting the same kind of genius that you'd get out of like a Miles Davis or a Herbie Hancock or, or John Coltrane or something like that. You know, he can. He's obviously a, a an incredible musician. And, you know, was capable of really good improvisation, but maybe not the number one artist for a eight minute jazz odyssey, you know? Uh, yeah. So. Well, I mean, you know, later on we have NEWS, which, you know, contains essentially the four second longest <laughs> songs yes. by Prince. So, you know, obviously I'll, I'll get about that, get into that when I talk about that. But yeah. You know, I think, you know, Prince's instrumentals, they either, you know, either they're very kind of like piano based and melodic or they end up kind of being, you know, very kind of like samey, you know, so it's like I feel like, you know, Prince's voice is possibly his best instrument. Mm -hmm. And so when he when he doesn't sing, it feels like he's kind of not using, you know, the best part of him. Right. Um, yeah, it's sort of uh, his jazz stuff and I let me, let me just <laughs> before I make anybody mad, let me just preface this. I I I really like she spoke to me. Um but but his his jazz music veers dangerously close to smooth jazz. Like I I I think uh Oh yeah. You know, that's <laughs> Yeah. No, no. Th- I can't there was um I can't remember what the other song was. There was another song that I recently discussed where literally I said it's like Prince heard someone doing smooth jazz at the start of the 90s and was like, "Oh, finally." It's like this is jazz, it. <laughs> jazz jazz I can do. Jazz yeah. I can be a part of. This is my jazz scene. Um, you know, jazz that is that is so kind of serene that you can put it on and you listen to it in the background for seven minutes and not right. really notice right. it's there. Yeah, you know, wallpaper jazz was was pr- clearly Prince's strength in yeah. terms of like <laughs> the genre that he falls into. And but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say the second half of this falls into that though because there is still quite a lot of you know there's a lot of change ups and there's a lot of different solos and stuff going on. Yeah. Um. So it it doesn't quite get to the point of wallpaper, but yeah. You know, <laughs> the first half is still the better half. I feel of the song. Right. Um, yeah. I you would know. And also the kind of this youthful thing that Prince has got going on where he's like, she spoke to me. I can't believe it, but she spoke to me. Like the idea that, you know, it makes Prince sound like he's a nervous teenager. Right. By know? 1991, he was probably uh, not. I mean, maybe maybe he was <laughs> that overjoyed by 
you know, female attention. But I, but I feel like just seeing, you know, I, I feel like when, when you're, you've been very high profile involved with vanity, uh, you're probably not as, as, uh, as starstruck by women anymore, I guess, but. Who knows? Yeah. You know, maybe he he was really that that pure of a soul. I mean, I'm not one to kind of add autobiographical elements to Prince songs, uh, but I I was going to speculate that the person that he's speaking about in this particular song is probably uh, Carmen Electra. Yeah, could be. Yeah, it seems because that, the, that checks out. Yeah, you know, the description that he when he said, particularly when he says "close to me," I never thought I'd get her close to me. I can kind of imagine like a, you know, 30 something prince. And uh, I don't know how old she was at the time. I think she was only about 1920, but like a very young Carmen Electra who, you know, I don't think it needs to be said, but, you know, was ridiculously beautiful. Right, right. When you, the first like few times when you see Carmen Electra, I feel like you are literally as princes in this song kind of your breath is taken away because you're like wow she is so beautiful <laughs> that um, is a good point yeah like i yeah. i mentioned i mentioned vanity but you know, i i feel like carmen Electra is probably one of the few women that would still be able to kind of take your breath away after after vanity and don't forget you know the following year prince did say that to listen to her album was to come a thousand times so <laughs> if she is that good you know getting close to prince you know, but you know, and, your mileage and I, may vary. I think with this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, unfortunately, I'm not covering the Carmen Electra album, yeah. so you know, we'll never, we'll never know because I don't, I don't want that fate to befall me. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, and we we have the kind of you know the 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 kind of verses where it's like now the moon and sun belong to me, all my wildest hopes, my crazy dreams, and then in his lower voice, Prince sings, but they seem more like reality. Um, and then of course he says fantasy this girl fulfill must be my every fantasy so like i I guess like fantasy this girl fulfills my every fantasy that to me describes carmen electra in the early 90s right um you know she must be specially designed by heaven just for me Um, and of course we get the just for me and it's like okay prince we get what you're saying here um you know and then of course I don't know this 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 thing where he says my friends look at her and they see a mystery, but I look at her and I see a masterpiece. Can it be? Did I re- did I mean really? She did she? Um, you know, like so. I don't know the idea that his friends think she's a mystery, but he <laughs> sees her as a masterpiece. I don't know. There's a, like I don't know what's going on there in terms of. You know, at this point, you know, I'm thinking the friends that are being referenced are probably, you know, the rest of the MPG. Right. Um, you know, right. probably knew Carmen Electra at this time. Alan Leeds uh, at, uh, at Paisley Park Records is like, you want to sign who? Like, that's a- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's maybe the person who's like a mystery. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely it's a mystery what's going on here. And Prince is like, no, but I, I see a masterpiece. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then, of course, we get the chorus again. You know, she spoke to me. Uh, I can't believe it, but she spoke to me. But, you know, obviously this might not be about Carmen Electra at all, but I feel like the description in this song and obviously the time when it was recorded, yeah. it, for me, I, it kind you, of You've, it you've sold fit. me on it, especially the, the whole mystery <laughs> masterpiece. I, I think that this is canonically about the recording of Carmen Electra's self-titled <laughs> uh, debut album. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, you say debut album, but she I don't think she's ever recorded anything since. Yeah. <laughs> so, so only album? Yeah. <laughs> well, after you've, I mean, after you've, you know, made your listeners come a thousand times like what what more is there what is left there's nothing left to do yeah <laughs> you you uh you are weeping for there's nothing left to conquer um but yeah and of course you know she spoke to me i can't believe she spoke but but she spoke to me um and if she, and if she hurts me 
I'll take it all with open arms, you see. And then, of course, <laughs> Prince, Prince whispers, you think I won't? And it's like, okay, Prince, uh, you know. So I'm guess maybe that's, you know, Prince describing the relative mediocrity of Carmen Electra's singing. Right, um, you know, right. Because I feel like that's the only... The, the, the critical that's the, drubbing it receives. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the only way you can hurt Prince is uh, by not being a good musician. Um, you know, and then, of course, he says, because a track under a subway train, she could roll all over me. And I'd still be the same because today <laughs> is the day she spoke to me. And when he sings, because today is the day she spoke to me, he kind of goes into this weird kind of low voice. Um, and it's not like his normal low voice. It's kind of almost like he's, I don't know, it feels like that's where he's starting to get a bit jazzy with it. Um, mm. You know, and then, of course, we kind of get some repeats. And then towards the end, we get, you know, if I'm stuck in some groovy wet dream, don't pinch me. I don't want to wake up. Um <laughs> Which, which is, which is kind of when he sings "I Don't Want to Wake Up," we have a trumpet that kind of mimics his vocals at that point, which is just a, like a nice little touch. Mm. Um, and then, of course, he's digging the scene, and that's where you know things get very smooth jazz, right? Um, <laughs> you know, for for a few minutes, and then you know we get a couple of solos, and you know the band. The thing is, the band that was playing at this time, obviously, this is you know this is the kind of the the, the larger new power generation, right? Um, and this is obviously the first time I think one of the first times when the the MPG horns. Um, have recorded with Prince because you know obviously they don't really make their debut until Symbol, which you know was kind of like 1992. So this is probably mm. one of the earlier sessions from the MPG horns as well. So you know you you kind of you, you you kind of get an introduction to the band. And in fact, I you know I would imagine that like you know if if Prince was you know one of those kind of hacks. When he was on stage, he would kind of be like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. on the saxophone. <laughs> like this, like this whole this whole second jazz part feels like, you know, on the keyboards, Mr. Yeah. Tommy Barbarella. <laughs> you know, please welcome on the bass, Sonny T. You know, like that's what it feels like. It's like, and then obviously you'd be you'd finish off with, and ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Michael B. And then of course you'd get like a ten minute drum solo. Right, of course. And, <laughs> you know, that's that's how you do things. Like it it feels like at this point, you know, it's kind of like a, you know the band kind of working out, or even you know maybe trying to get used to each other and you know showing prince what they can do um but either way it does it does kind of start to veer a little bit into smooth jazz and i'm like okay you know let's <laughs> let's move on to the next track let's <laughs> let's listen to like i've had the my, my favorite part of the song is so much these lyrics you know like the just the way he sings stuff like you know because like a track under a subway train like the way he he emphasizes certain words you mm. know that kind of stuff is what i really enjoy in this song is like the first half um, the second half, I'm less enamored with. Um, right. You know, once you've listened to it like a couple of times, you're like, oh, all right, I, I get what this is. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, which sounds like I'm being very dismissive, but I play saxophone, and I've, you know, I've been, <laughs> I've been in those bands where everybody else is having their 16 bars. Right. So, <laughs> you know, once you've sat inside that, you're like, yeah, like it was fun because I got to do this for 16 bars, but now I'm spending the next four minutes listening to someone doing jazz drumming. Right. You know, (laughs) basically you end up like being in that end scene from whiplash where you're like, all right, okay, we get it. You can play the drums. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) I mean, how do you feel about like the, you know, the kind of the main, the main lyrical content before I saw this, you know, spelled out in front of me in my, in my notes that it literally is an extra four minutes tacked on. That's I don't usually even really notice that because I because I think it does kind of just fade into the into the background a little bit like I it's 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 very pleasant you know and you just kind of the vault is an album that I sort of 
I, I put on and, and go about my day. I'm not necessarily sitting there intently listening. Um, so, um, so yeah, it's the first four minutes are definitely the, those are the four minutes that I remember when I think about this song. Um, I, I, I really like it. I think the girl six was the perfect place for this. Uh, and I think like most people, that's how I heard this song the first time, or maybe not most people, but you know, I, I did watch girl six. Uh, and, uh, and, and that was my first experience with that song. It was just kind of so perfect to frame these lyrics as, uh, about a man on the, on the phone with a, with a sex line operator. It really like, it's it, you would think that he wrote it for the movie, but he didn't. Uh, he so it, it's I, I think it works really great in that context. Uh, for for the vault, it works more in the sense that it just fits in with with the sound of the rest of the of the rest of the songs. There, that's the vault is very much kind of like his uh, kind of chilled out jazz album, um, uh, give or take a couple of show tunes uh, <laughs> that he wrote for the uh, for the Nick Nolte movie. But <laughs> and I think as well, yeah, you're right. You know, as the opening song on the soundtrack for Girl Six, you know, having the words "She spoke to me about a sex phone operator," right? It, like it, it feels like it was written for the song. You know, for the for the for the album. Obviously, the song that was written for that album was Girl Six, which is right. You know, <laughs> uh, of like a, a kind of a bat dance about yeah, you know, that slightly film. less inventive, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so you know, it does kind of fit. Um, although you know, the first time I heard this probably was when I watched Girl Six, but you know, the first time I heard it properly was when I got the vault because right. I didn't buy the soundtrack to Girl Six until yeah. like last year. So, <laughs> so um, but yeah, you know, Prince performed it live a couple of times in two thousand nine. So obviously, it must have been back on his mind. Something must mm. have happened. Someone must yeah. have spoke to him, yeah. and he must have thought, "Oh, I'll I'll play that a couple of times." Um, so you know, the final performance of it was the thirteenth of August. Um, you know, 2009 in Monaco, of all places. Mm. Part of a fairly short set anyway. Um, although one that, you know, also had, uh, um, you know, uh, Crimson and Clover and Shh as well. So, you know, a <laughs> couple of other kind of, you know, fairly big songs. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, finished with Purple Rain. Should go with that same. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, so like, I guess after 2009, you know, Prince... I, I would say like the bands that he's had, like after 2010, aren't really suited for doing you know, like an eight minute jazz workout. Like, yeah, I can't imagine third eye girl doing this <laughs> as much as I like third yeah. eye girl. This just isn't their, their wheelhouse. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the MPG horns were kind of in and out, you know, for most of the kind of the, the final decade of Prince's life. So I guess if there were tours where you didn't have the MPG horns, then it's very like, I don't know what the second half of this song is. It would just probably be Prince playing the guitar, you know, like <laughs> there really wouldn't be much to the second half of the song. If, if there's no, like um, if there's no horns there, Right. Um, so I would say for me, the first four minutes of the song is like a five <laughs> out of five. But if you have to include the whole thing, I say I, it probably takes it down to like a, you know, a four out of five. But I mean, I'd stick with a five out of five overall, because I think even though the rest of it is it is kind of veering close towards wallpaper jazz, I think it is still nice to hear like the band kind of doing something different, you know, actually, you know, taking part and not just being Prince in the studio playing all the instruments, which, you know, when you're in the kind of you know the kind of late 90s prince you start to get into that territory of just prince recording right. albums that are just all him so it is nice to hear like a you know a bigger band actually being involved in the song right yeah and it's such a great band too you know it's hard to it's it's 
even if it does, it, it does get a little, you know, elevator music-y. It's, it's hard to complain when you get to hear a band that good play for four minutes, you know, <laughs> so uh, uninterrupted. Um, yeah, I, I, I think... Um, I I feel I, I feel the same way. I think maybe the the extended version, if I was to be objective with it, the extended version might take it down a notch. Um, I'll rate it. I'll I'll give it a four out of five just because I like to reserve that that five for you know the the real the the like cream of the crop. But this is a really good song. Well, I feel like we said about as much as we can about she spoke to me, unless of course you listen to the extended version of this podcast, which will go an extra four minutes. Um, you know, uh, so, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Zach? Uh, yeah. So I have a uh, I have my own chronological project uh, called Dance Music Sex Romance. It's a blog. Uh, it takes much longer than than Darren is taking, uh, but that's still happening. Uh, and you can find it at princesongs.org is the URL. Also recently put out a magazine called Dystopian Dance Party with my sister, who is a really great artist and contributions from various other people in and out of the Prince community. Uh, the first issue is all about prints. It's still uh, you're you're still able to buy it, as far as I'm aware. You can find it on Blurb. Just search for Dystopian Dance Party. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Trap by Track, or you can follow me on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us. Not sure why you would at Prince Trap by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Zachary. Thank you for having me. And otherwise, I'm digging the scene. It's <laughs> 